Hello and welcome to Gundam I Hardly Know Em, book club style podcast where we tackle every Gundam series, movie, OVA, sometimes video games, and other things in release order. I'm Michael and I'm joined by two mass production mobile suits. Yep. We sold out, baby. Fresh off we the were... line, baby. <laughs> yeah, we're like we were we were we like to pretend that we're the the special um mobile suit from Moon Moon, but in reality all three of us are just the yeah, RX seventy eights that any John can we're hop just in. Kind of like run of the mill, one in a million. Jeggins. We're the Toyota of Gundam. Zaku two. We're like um, the um the sorority girl who wears a, a large t-shirt as an outfit. <laughs> we're, okay. One in what? a million. So, no, no, no. Get that in your head. We're Christian. that of We're that Christian. of Gundam World. You were making fun of half of our listeners. Come on, dude. Yeah. We recently, this episode is brought to you by Damn Delta Gamma. All the sisters have really been listening to this Kappa podcast. Kappa Delta. Pretty religiously. <laughs> oh my gosh. The, um, You're listening to Gundam I Hardly Know I'm part of the Barstool Sports Network. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, let's do it. We're gonna rate. We're gonna rate all it. the smoke shows in Gundam, <laughs> <laughs> and then we're gonna name the top five characters you like to get fucked up with. <laughs> hey, what's up? Number five, ten top ten Gundam characters. I want a roofie at a party. Kona at number <laughs> ten. <laughs> Bro, number 10. We Go have... ahead, say it. <laughs> yeah, this is bad. Like, I have to commit to the bit. We got... I don't know, man. Uh, I don't want to roofie any of the people. <laughs> I want to see what will happen to his small computer. <laughs> Bro, I think Haro is crossed, man. Somebody needs to drive him home. <laughs> Haro's just like rolling into a wall <laughs> over and over again. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Haro hit the beer bomb and he's not doing so hot. Uh, I'm joined by Christian. Say hello, Christian. Hello, how are you? You caught me in the middle of uh, writing all these love letters to all of our listeners. And uh, I'm so looking up the envelopes, putting the little stamps on there. And we're going to go to the post office and smell. Right, wow. That's pretty irresponsible, you know, putting all that saliva on the envelopes and everything. Hey, it's got, it's got a little love in there. <laughs> it's a bond a little and tighter. That other voice you're, yeah, yeah, other yeah. voice you're hearing is, of course, Simon. I'm Simon. What what does Simon say? Simon says, "Listen to the podcast, right? So we've five gone, times. we've gone, we've gone four seasons." <laughs> Christian, and nobody's brought up this curse that I was gifted at birth. <laughs> and it took this long. It was the elephant and now in you the room. The, hammer. It, we just the thing... Avoid it. You're smartass. Okay, you... Okay, the thing about Simon Says, people like to joke about it, but you are giving me absolute power. Like, is that what you want? Do you want me to be your totalitarian ruler? Because that's what Simon Says is. Hey, Simon Says, 
Stop breathing. I now take it back. hold. Take it back. I now hold take two it back. boys' life in back. my hands. Take it back. Hey, Michael, breathe. I didn't say Simon Says, motherfucker. No. <laughs> like, let's die <laughs> Anyway, that's that's how that's my relationship with Simon Says. When I was a kid, it started out as fun, but I've kind of put a dark twist on it. Um, but you yeah, that's kind of me. Yeah. That's something you gotta know about me. Designing computers, plotting on how to take over the world. Yeah. Exactly. Welcome to season four of the podcast, where we're covering Shars Counterattack. I love anime more than anything. We're I'm covering ex- Shars Counterattack, the first movie in the Gundam franchise. Fellas, what what are we saying about this? I know we've all uh, since. I mean, we did our instant reaction. Yes. Since then, I think Simon's watched it at least twice. I watched it two more times. Additionally, I've I've kind of did the thing with movies where I watched. I feel like I've seen the first half of it a gajillion times because I think I've watched it two more times all the way through. But I, because I, I was telling, I I think I told Christian this is I haven't done this with a movie in a while where I just watch it over and over and over again. Like as a kid, like I would do that at my uncle's house with I... like Pixar's Bug Life. Or like just these like there's like Polar Express. I've seen Polar Express probably twenty five times through, and I know like every single line of it. I know when every single musical cue is gonna start, and I haven't done that with a movie in a while. I've been against just you know binge watching all of you know like a movie. You know it's funny. It's like little kids will do that, but also too. And I know this sounds stupid coming from a millennial, but. Before the internet was readily accessible, like all you had were the VHS and the DVDs, right. and so that's what you watched. Like you didn't mind watching Too Fast, Too Furious, like four or five times within. Uh, two well, months. and that's uh, kind of the cool thing about my whole setup, right? Because like it's I have the entire catalog of Netflix and Hulu available to me. And that can be really, really overwhelming sometimes. But I also have this one flash drive that has all of the Gundam on it. And, like, sometimes I do that streaming service for the night. And, like, that flash drive right now only has Char's Counterattack on it. So a couple times this week, I just was like, fuck it. Like, I'm going to just watch this flash drive over and over. And it has that physicality to it. Like, I I don't know. I, I think I was bummed that, like, I don't know. I think our instant reaction kind of summed up that... We were a bit underwhelmed about the movie, but I think that a good way to get excited about a movie that underwhelms you is just watch it over and over and over again, and then you start to get excited about all of the little parts of it. You know, like, I mean, the thing about Char's counterattack is what doesn't excite me is necessarily, like, the plot. That shit moves one gajillion miles an hour, and I simply cannot, like, I did not buckle my seatbelt prior to going in, but I don't know. All the uh, subsequent watch throughs, I just noticed little things that like I cannot wait to talk about and hear y'all's opinions on. I'm in the middle of my second watch through, and there are so many things that I caught that I did not catch the first time at all, and so mm-hmm. I mm-hmm. I liked it a lot more. Um, but I still right. have the same criticism to that. Yes. It's okay. Things can be good and things can be bad. And like, it's important. Like, I don't know. We're like critiquing 
it you know like and first like who do we think we are is like you know these movie review but like we also know a lot about like the franchise and stuff and i think that like i don't know it's fun to talk about all of the good with the bad and just you know don't only focus on the bad but yeah things can be two things we've talked about this before that's so true the movie can be both like good and bad um and i think it's i think it's i think char's counterattack is the epitome of things can be two things yeah like i think this movie is nothing if not more than one thing 100 <laughs> percent more than one thing yeah and this is like definitely a great movie to have on like what simon was saying like uh-huh. i would love to just have this on i think what where it starts to get bad is when you're really paying attention to it yeah um and so when i i've rewatched i watched it the first time that i rewatched the um we watched the first half the second time, which we're going to be, we're going to be covering the first half today. Mm-hmm. Um, and for this watch through, I wanted to take notes to obviously kind of, you know, give us something to talk about as we go along and kind of break down what's happening in the movie. And that was kind of painful um, because it was like nitpicking the plot. Yeah. Uh, which is like, well, it also helped me understand it better. And I think I can appreciate kind of what they're trying to do. Um, and then it also helps me see where I think they missed out on some opportunities, um, which which we'll get into as we go along. But mm-hmm. I think visually, like I will definitely keep this movie around, and I'll probably definitely just have it on. I think visually, it is just so appealing. Absolutely, there's like no reason not to just have it on. If you like the visual style of Gundam, this is like the creme de la creme of like hand-drawn beautiful details the space battles are the best we've ever seen yes and fluidity too of movement yeah oh the fluidity of movement's incredible um there's just some really good stuff uh so i mean i definitely yeah just off the bat i like want to appreciate that um of it yeah i just want to talk a little bit about how we're gonna talk about the movie so um, kind of what I've done is I create just like an outline of the story beats and how it moves, and I figured we could just kind of go through it like we would an episode. Um, and today we'll cover probably like a round of the first half, which is probably the most dense. Um, and then I think like next week we can talk about the second yeah. half, mm-hmm. which is more like gonna be the the plot isn't as dense in the second half of the movie because it's more just like fighting. Um, so I figured that would be a good time to kind of talk more. Yeah, thoughts and everything, as and well. we can like compare and contrast it to all of the Gundam that we've seen so far. I think that's like a really good way to look at the movie. I don't think that the IP of Gundam can possibly be palated if you're trying to compare and contrast, you know, every single like show and movie that has come out against each other. Like, I think this is like a really cool, I don't know, area of Gundam because it's like early Gundam before they, you know, really, like, pop the fuck off, or, like, as they're popping the fuck off. But, yeah, no, I I am looking forward to talking about it. The beginning of this movie's fucking nuts. Yeah, it, it is wild, and, like, as we said in the, in the um, instant reaction, it does move at an incredible pace. It, like, it really... I cannot stress enough how much this reminds me of my experience watching the most recent Star Wars. Where the beginning... <laughs> It's just cut to cut to cut to yeah. cut. Like it is constantly cutting from one scene to another and it's moving so quickly. And there yeah. it also does the same thing where it just ignores the previous movie. Yeah. Like the most recent Star Wars just ignored 
the one right. before it and ignored the time in between those two. And that's what this movie chooses to do. It basically ignores Zeta, except for one little conversation. And then it completely ignores double Zeta. Yeah. Um, so it, it to me, yeah, to me, it like, I think that uh, it seems like J.J. Abrams watched this and thought, like, this is what I want to uh, create with the new Star Wars movie. <laughs> so, I was just going to say there were a lot of, um, and I don't know if I can pick up specific ones, but it felt, on the second watch through, it felt as if there were a lot of loose ends that were just kind of... Oh my of- god. This, yeah, because we wanted this movie to, like, answer, like, we're like, what the fuck is Charmin up to? Like, good thing there's a whole goddamn movie, like, about it. But it seems to have, like, opened up more questions than it answered. And then to those questions that it opened up, it answered, like, half of them. So, I don't know. And it started getting, I started, like, asking myself, what was the production process like for the movie? Was it such that uh, a lot of it is, like, compilation of, some original visions of how Double Zeta was supposed to go, mm-hmm. like um, I don't. I just, I'm like, sure. I'm sure someone much more knowledgeable on me about that could be like, oh yeah, actually, that's why this and this and this and that. Or well, no, yeah. the timeline. It's such maybe that maybe we should have done more research as well. But yeah. I do feel like maybe before the next episode, we could do that for the next we, episode. We can really yeah. and like I think there. You know, as we're getting into fan reaction as well, I do think it would be important to talk about the process. Um, but like, regardless, I don't think that if you consider this a direct sequel from 79, I still feel like you would be so confused. Absolutely. I can't possibly see how the character of Char Aznaval, like, I don't know where he goes from here. Knowing that this, like, he's done this much is such a (laughs) dense amount of time like what? Like what does he do now? Does he just like retire? Does it, like I think he's dead. Okay, <laughs> I think him and Amaro are dead. Okay, <laughs> <laughs> that almost makes me feel better. Like yeah. his tortured but, soul. Like, but like in terms of Char, you know, mysteriously coming back to life, and then the Earth extinction mm-hmm. campaign. Uh, there's one offhanded comment by a character. I can't remember which one. I have it in my notes here. But that that explains, oh, yeah, so once after his battle with the Titans, it kind of really scarred him, and that's why he hates Earth now. And then that was it. Like, in terms of yeah. explaining how he got to, like, he's like, okay, fuck it. To end all war, we just got to... From, like, zero to genocidal yeah, tendencies. Like, yeah. like he <laughs> That's not enough. No, yeah, and, it's, it's insane. You know, From, especially, like, we talked a lot about his Dakar Day speech. And like we dove into that a lot in the Zeta season, and in that he's trying to plead to the citizens of Earth to make changes, and then since then, what's it been like three months? Like... In three months, you know, four <laughs> months? Like I don't know how long it is. Yeah, but he's like made just drastic changes in his personality, um, from the guy who was preaching like you know let's make better decisions to you know what I should just launch the Earth into an ice age. Yeah. Um, but I do think I think we should just jump in uh, yeah, start, start, start moving through uh, through the plot a little bit here and um, we'll, we'll nitpick some stuff along the way. Um, so the movie opens with a panning shot uh, from the stars down to the moon. Uh, kind of actually another very reminiscent yeah. thing of Star Wars, like how Star Wars always starts with the stars and 
like pans to something. I thought that was very like uh, Star Wars esque. Um, since we're already talking about that, um, so it opens up on the moon where uh, Chan is on the moon discussing the new frame of the new Gundam with de- the developers at Anaheim Electronics. And then we are introduced uh, to the new Gundam to its like head, which looks pretty similar to RX seventy eight. At least the head unit does with the the title card uh, Gundam Char's counterattack. Um, it then quickly cuts back to Earth, where Quest and her four friends are captured by the like police, like future scary future police. And we're introduced to Quest, uh, her father Adenauer, and her father's like girlfriend or mistress. I'm not sure uh, who this character is, but her name is Kathy apparently. Um, which uh, I think is really funny. Quest immediately pisses <laughs> off Kathy by biting her, yeah. and then uh, and then Kathy uh, basically says, "I can't handle Quest. I'm not gonna do this, and I'm leaving." And then Kathy uh, then leaves and decides to stay at Earth. My question is: Is Kathy an audience stand-in, an audience surrogate? In this <laughs> <laughs> Should, are we? I've are been... we? Are we at this point supposed to turn off the movie? I like her fucking the the English voice acting of like Quest bit me. She bit me. Like it was like I was feeling like that was very very relatable to kind of how Quest seems to have handled the rest of our beloved characters. She seems to have bit them, and I was surprised by them biting them. Another question I want to ask: Who were? And this is, I think, you know, again, this movie doesn't flesh out much backstory. Who were the people that Quest was with in the beginning? Because there appears to be, like, a Paul McCartney from the 60s character. Do you remember that? Yeah. The hippie character? Were those Quests just, like, stoner friends that she was running around with? <laughs> I think that those characters are supposed to be, like... I think it's kind of shadowed. She said that she like learns in India about her new type powers and learns about empathy and all of that. So I'm I'm thinking that those people are like kind of her cult almost. Wait, what was the cult that was in Oregon? Uh, Rajneesh. Yeah, they were Quest was <laughs> hanging out with Rajneesh. Hey. <laughs> Quest was hanging out that with was, Rajneesh Perot. Yeah, yeah, that was Sheila. <laughs> <Mark> <laughs> They were on their way to a buffet (laughs) to poison it. (laughs) Yeah, so again, yeah, that all of this happens. So all of what we covered has happened in maybe 60 seconds. Yes, exactly. Like it is simply it is simply so quick. Yeah. Which is like saying my initial reaction was like, oh, it's she's a rich girl and she wants to be normal. So she's running around with a bunch of yeah, I think that was kind of the cliche that they're going with. But, like, that character sucks. Like, I never want that character of, like, you know, rich girl that, you know, just wants to hang out with, like, the her social justice friends because that makes her feel better. It's just like, okay, Quest, like, you're still kind of, I don't know, <laughs> part of the problem. Well, and then uh, I kind of I kind of liked her at first. I was like, oh, she obviously has a dysfunctional relationship with her dad. Yeah. And here's this, like, <laughs> random mistress lady who's annoying and, like, whiny. So, like, 
I kind of loved it that she was pissing her off. <laughs> yeah. the whole time. Hey, Quest, you got daddy issues? <laughs> I liked no, you her <laughs> Quest clearly has some parental uh, issues. That, that comes up in a very funny um, dub later on in the movie. Um, but uh, so, so next, uh, Quest and Adenauer, which I'm trying to pronounce that right. Uh, Adenauer, the right. German fellow. Adenauer, that's, that's her father. Uh, Quest and Adenauer, uh, who's uh, Quest's father. They're trying to get into space um, because basically Char is dropping an asteroid onto um, a city in Tibet, where I'm assuming, where I'm thinking yes. from what I picked up, it's where the Earth Federation government is like based, is in the city in Tibet. Um, and so Quest's father, Adenauer, he works for the Earth Federation. And so he's trying to get into space to work on some negotiations uh, with Neo Zeon and Shar to help stop his attack. So Quest and her and her father Adenauer are trying to get into space, um, and that that's kind of like their journey in this first bit of of the story. Um, the movie then cuts back into space where uh, we get to see Amro, which is kind of like awesome to just see him, um, especially at you know just Im- immediately in this battle um him and the fetties are trying to stop char who's leading the neo zeons um and they're trying to drop an asteroid onto earth uh amro and char get into a battle and uh char basically uh is there to try and save his like new type servant slash bodyguard uh Yine, which i again don't know if i'm pronouncing it right um, so there's there's a pretty cool battle here. Armro has a moment where he uh, that I really liked, where he shoots out uh, the dummy mobile suits. Yeah, he, like, I love them. the du- dummy mobile suit. Oh my god, <laughs> dummy mobile suits are my favorite weapon of choice. I want like I want to squeeze a dummy mobile suit so bad. Yeah, I bet you that they're so soft, like. I bet you they feel like a marshmallow. They look like it. They look so like I bet they taste really good. Oh my god. What uh what was he piloting in that in his introductory I think he so um I think this... he's like Swedish fish. <laughs> Still talking about dummy mobile suits. Holy shit. <laughs> they're made of cotton candy, Simon. <laughs> like I bet they're like a gusher where they're like kind of like oh, liquidy of, in the yeah. inside. Oh. Uh, Christian, maybe you can look up what it's called, but I believe there's a subplot in one of the future OVAs that gets into the development of that uh, Gundam. And I think it is a Gundam. Um, but yeah, Amro is kind of piloting. It's, it's a smaller kind of nondescript mobile suit. Um, it looks like, like double or uh, Zeta Gundam. Or like in between phase between Zeta and Double Zeta. Yeah, mm-hmm. exactly. Um, but it's pretty cool. Uh, I think this battle is really interesting visually. Um, you can tell immediately that it's the best kind of battle that we've seen uh, as far as like how detailed it is and the actual like movement of the mobile suits is really satisfying. Um, everything is is pretty much new animation. Um, and then Amaro and Shar kind of get into a, a little battle here, which is like pretty wild to see happen so quickly into the movie. Yeah. Um, they have like kind of a little skirmish. Shar uh, kind of makes an offhanded com- comment that he's not going to, like, he's basically saying, like, 
Combro, your suit isn't powerful enough for us to fight like this. Um, kind of like a throwaway comment. And Amro tells Char uh, in this like really nice line. He goes, Char, you're full of yourself. Um, which I think is just like basically as much as Char gets as far as backstory or motivation right. uh, here. Um, <laughs> the one-line synopsis of this movie. <laughs> Char, you're full of your Yeah, it's just, and it also Char, it, you're full of like, yourself. Yeah. It feels like we jumped right into a, a semi-climax of the movie. Like, all of a sudden, you're slapped right in the face with all these, yeah. like, giant yeah. stakes. Like, oh, fuck. Like, this movie is a fucking flat line curve. Like, uh, as far as, like, if you want to talk about, um, like, you know, the curve of a story with, like, rise, rising action, falling action. Like, I don't know. Or it's not even a flat curve. It's just, like, a fucking mountain range. But anyways. um, Yeah, so you're, like. Like, oh, fuck. And, and then we get immediately an encounter in between those. Like, there's, didn't feel earned. Mm -hmm. And then, um, yeah, it just actually, feels uh, a little bit harried. But, I mean, it was a cool battle. Yeah, I actually kind I of mean, like it. You know what, actually, to, to keep on uh, the comparison, it kind of reminds me of Star Wars Episode Three, where it just jumps into that battle Revenge over Coruscant. Oh my god, that battle is so cool. Yeah. With like the clone troopers in the gunner seat, like yeah. shooting from inside of the cruisers. Ugh. Yeah. That's like a really of, good comparison, actually. Yeah, it kind of like reminds me of that. It is like, it's like one, it's like an immediate climax, and then the movie kind of drops down and then builds up. But yeah. the, the third act, then in both of these movies, is just, both of the like the movies is just kind of like a little funky. Mm -hmm. um, but uh -huh. I, I kind of like, I don't know, I kind of liked it. I, it does feel weird. But I kind of like that it's a little shocking in the way that um, you're like immediately throwing like thrown into something. And I think it works really well for like I don't know like TV or like especially if like sci-fi genre that had yeah. that a big part of it is these like grandoise fights. Like that's something that is very specific to Gundam. Right. Like not a lot of other IPs are able to just have these insane space battles and like yeah. I don't know. I think they love it, that they it's... can just throw them in works when it's done well mm -hmm. right yeah. and i'm not so sure it's done very well in this movie <clears throat> i need to stop shitting on it i feel like uh, yeah i know <laughs> I, I, I need to catch myself too i like i, I do love this movie i'm like Man. actually concerned about how people are going to think about our perception of it because when i said i like posted on our instagram and i said like who likes Shar's counterattack like kind of teasing or getting ready for this season and I had a couple of responses of people being like, oh, that movie rules. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, it's yeah, so yeah. good. Oh, I love it. I mean, like, uh, Including Johnny, which yeah. I might try and get Johnny on the podcast yeah. to discuss to this. To defend it. <laughs> yeah. Just, like, I feel like we need the point of view of somebody who maybe saw this a long time ago and has a love for it. Um, because I think where I'm starting to fall on it is, like, I can look at it two ways. One way, which is look at it as a movie. Right. The other way is like which where I have a lot higher bar for what something should be as a movie. Right, right. Like right, right. I've seen so many movies. I love movies. Like movies like a, an art form that I really feel like I understand. Whereas like if I see it as an anime or as like an anime movie, that's something that like my bar's a lot lower for, just because it's it's a genre that I understand less about, and also kind of put it in a different kind of category in my brain as far as like what I'm expecting out of it. Mm -hmm. And I mm -hmm. think that as like a Gundam thing, 
I think it might be okay. I don't know. We'll talk about this more as we go, but I, I'm trying to think of it as just like, is this cool Gundam content? Not like, is this a cool movie? Well, all of the Gundam content that we've been exposed to has it's been all... able to be so slow. <laughs> I like, know. It ha- like, this is the first fucking movie. Like, movies move fast. Like, movies, you have to, you're putting in an, an entire, you know, storyline over the course of an hour and a half. TV shows, like, that shit, like, we're watching, we're used to this Gundam content that's 50 episodes yeah. per season that is to that kind of is trying to describe the same character arc that is put into this hour and a half movie. You can't like, yeah. it's not comparable, which is, I think why we're being so critical. Like we're, it, it's, it's something that we're not used to that is new to us. Mm-hmm. Um, and we have to learn to appreciate it in a different way than yeah. um, we're appreciating the TV shows. I, yeah. I do think that um, this, I think that if I'm giving this movie credit, I actually think that this section works, this fight, I feel like is really cool and it, yeah. it kind of opens up the dynamic. I think if you would open up the dynamic that Shar has taken a turn right off the bat, because the movie's called Shar's Counterattack, we know he's a bad guy. Mm-hmm. But if you had like, you know, introduced this battle between him and Amaro, kind of set the stakes up really quickly, give us a little tease of what we're right. gonna get at the end, and then really like dissected the the reasons why this has happened. I think that would be cool. Like if you could really like had some good explanation as to why Char uh-huh. feels a certain way, why he like wants to go about this. I think then there's like a payoff, but this action doesn't really benefit the movie or the story. Mm-hmm. I would love to know, like, uh, it's like someone went and saw the movie in a theater and like uh, talked to them as soon as, because I'm sure uh, people were like, Oh my God, Tomino's working on this movie. It's Shar's back. We thought he was dead. Oh my God, he's alive. Like, and then, um, you know, maybe like seeing the movie for the first time at the time when it came out, it would have been like people would have been so excited that Shar is there again, you know, that maybe they overlooked yeah. some things, you know, because part of it is maybe thinking, okay, people who are watching this movie have been following Gundam and Shar's arc. Up until now, so maybe they'll read mm-hmm. in between those, or maybe they'll come to their own conclusions as yeah. to why Shar is took this turn. You know, who knows? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I have more to say All about right. this, but but I'm gonna I'm gonna save it. I, I just had a thought. I'm gonna save. Um, so during this battle, during this time, we're introduced to Shar's dudes, uh, his, his friends, his buds. Uh, he's got uh, Guyane. Uh, which I'm gonna is that black haired person? Yes, cool. that's black haired young yes. boy. Yes, who is a cyber new type? Yes, so he but is, enhanced cyber enhanced new type. He yeah, was, exactly. He's not. He's not a. He's not a new type. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. He was one of the people who were turned into them. Uh, and then we are introduced to Nanai, who is Shar's second in command and possible lover. Um, definite lover. You think so? Um, mommy issue type lover. Yeah, I could say. Yeah, I could see that. Um, so we're introduced to them, and we also for the first time see the Sazabi, uh, which is Shar's new mobile suit. I don't know. I don't think it's technically a Gundam. Uh, which 
We need to we need to talk about what makes a Gundam. What, yeah, a Gundam wait, what? Like I thought all of the big mobile suits no. are Gundams. No, there's like some sort of yeah. delineation between a mobile suit and a Gundam. What the fuck? That's dumb. <laughs> I know. I feel like we didn't explain this to you, but I I'm my Gumplas under... are Gundams. No, you have Zaku's. Those aren't Gundams. Those are mobile suits. My Roomba is a Gundam. Your Roomba is a Gundam. My Subaru Outback is a Gundam. Definitely. Okay. Yeah. No, you understand it. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Just clearing a couple things. Up. Um. What do you guys think of the Sazabi? Because I would say one of the things that I was most excited about this movie is seeing these two mobile suits in action. The Sazabi is one of my favorite designs. I think I mentioned it in the previous episode, but I had a Sazabi action figure when I was a kid. That's so cool. And I don't know where it came from because I didn't know what movie it was from or what series, but I owned it. I think I just bought it at Kmart. Was it from Charles Counterattack? Yeah, yeah. It's like from, there's a Gundam action figure, but. I don't like. I mostly bought like the Wing or G Gundam action figures because I knew those ones. In this fight, are we introduced to Clown Gundam yet? No, not yet. Okay. No, no, no. <laughs> yeah. I can't wait for Clown Gundam. But uh, Christian, what did you think of the Sazabi? I wish it had more screen time. That was gonna say, that's the only bad thing I have to say about that. I, I wish I got to see it do more things. <laughs> but I, I mean, yeah. What it, I was excited to see it because you know if you dabble in Gumpla, you you know what about the Sazabi and all the excitement around that mobile suit. It's obviously, you know, really cool. And to kind of see it launch and fly around and battle and kind of go toe-to-toe with Amara was really, that was really cool. Yeah. I, I think it, because it does remind us a little bit of the O Gundam, mm-hmm. big chonky boy, uh-huh. yeah. um, which I love the chonkiness love of it. Boys. Yeah, we like we love our chonky boys. Jounce. But it's like it's like a a more like I don't know. It's like less marshmallowy, I guess, than the than the O. But it is so cool. I like. I'm really excited. I think I'm gonna build the real grade version of it, and I I just like think it's one of the cooler designs. Um and. Whenever we talk about it more, maybe I'll I'll shout out the the mobile suit designer from this movie because I think there's some of the best work in Gundam designs is in this series Mm -hmm. or in this movie, and some of the worst is also in this movie, which which we'll get to. We might have some differing opinions uh, on that. We'll see. We'll see. Bro, if yeah. you like clown Gundam, I don't know if we can hang out. <laughs> yeah, if you like clown Zaku, we might have to kick you out of the podcast. I think I know which one you guys are talking about, and I don't. Uh, I, don't <laughs> I like that. You'll I, know. About, I might get kicked out. We'll pull a JPEG up, so we're all we're all talking about the same thing. Yeah. Um, back on Earth, Quest and her father Adnauer run into Mirai. Uh, Shayman and Hathaway Noah at the airport as they're trying to escape the Earth. Um, Quest and her father take the spots of the Noah family, but they make sure that Hathaway is still able to get a spot on the shuttle, um, basically uh, because Quest's father is a diplomat. He's able to kind of Full rank. politic yeah. his way onto the shuttle. Yeah, and, and take the spots. And why the did Noah they family. leave? Why did they let Bright on? Just because... Or not Bright, um, Hathaway. I think because they're like he's the abled body son, uh, he should go up to space to like yeah. learn from his father. Yeah, uh, that that's my assumption. I don't think it explicitly says that, but but yeah. that's my my head canon. Uh, Hathaway and Quest, uh, they sit by each other on the space shuttle and they start a little friendship. 
on on their way to space. Mm-hmm. I thought it was good to see Mirai. I think Mirai is just like since we have Bright in this um, movie and in all these series, Mirai is just kind of like pigeonholed as like a character we're gonna see. The wife character. The wife. Yeah, but like, but not given the respect as a character Dude, that she like, deserves. It's so tough to, I don't know, she seems like so much more responsible and level-headed and just more intelligent than Bright. And I mean, like, <laughs> they have a family together, so I, in my head canon, I'd like to think that they have, like, you know, a nice relationship together, but I don't know. I, I think that Mirai, it is truly well, unfortunate here's the thing. that it, she is given the treatment happened. that she Bright gives. Bright shunted off the kids on Mirai. She had to leave her military career behind, so she's stuck. Yeah. That, and it's yeah. not like she's not in danger anymore. She's constantly trying to escape it. <laughs> her home is about to get hit by a very large rock. So, she is very much in danger. Truly, between them two, they could find some shape or form of daycare while they both... Ugh. Serve. Can I say something? Yeah. I really wish Alex was here to talk about this because I feel like he has a lot to say about Bright and yeah. his relationships. So. We like all of us are we're we're way too easy on Bright. We yeah. like we like to see him as a leader figure, but he is a bit of a he's a bit of a fuckboy, bit of a shit lord. Yeah, and I think that Alex has always held his feet to the fire on on this stuff, especially yeah, exactly. his, his relationship yeah. accountability, with baby. It's so important to have that, and I think I think that um. Yeah, I don't know. It's so cool to see Mirai, and it's just another example to me of, like, these characters that we know are still kicking about, but for some reason, they're not, like, showing us them, but they, like, have to show us Mirai to, like, get Hathaway into the story. It's just frustrating, because, like, where the fuck is Fraubo? Where's Sayla? Where's fucking Kai Sheedan? There's just, like, a lot of really cool characters. We are 42 minutes in. That's how long it took. Yeah. I, have you ever, have you seen, you know, the meme of the, the kid that eats fast food in his, yeah. in his car? Oh, <laughs> My disappointment is immeasurable. That's me. My disappointment is immeasurable. And my day is ruined. That's me. Every fucking time we think about why... Why Sayla's not in this fucking movie. It makes no sense. We're then on to the Londo Bell, which is Bright Noah's new spaceship. The new, kind of like, uh, the new white face. He keeps getting them, doesn't he? Yeah. They just keep on giving this guy new ships. Um, Amaro is based off of the Londo Bell, and Amaro and Bright discuss tactics of defending the Earth from Shar's attack. Um... The Luna 5 asteroid then hits the Earth and destroys a city in Tibet. Uh, Amaro leaves the Londo Bell and heads to the moon to check out progress on his new Gundam. Uh, so at this point, we actually get to see uh, Shar give a speech. Um, so it's basically, he's it's like yeah. that kind of cool thing that Haman had where yeah. she was projected Big in front tele- of... Er- hologram yeah big hologram Shar gets a big hologram speech but he basically says a whole lot of nothing like yeah. we get like it's just like flavor text basically yeah uh with he no... doesn't like delivering the speech either he like is like this is performative bullshit 
like, I feel, yeah, like, he a says, clown. I feel like a clown. <laughs> and I'm like, you feel like that Zaku from later? Oh my god. Uh, he then tells Guyane that, uh, that he's too expensive uh, to develop and that he can't die. Basically, like, you were so expensive for us to develop you that we can't afford you to die. That's literally what my parents tell me constantly. <laughs> as soon as you graduated college. <laughs> yeah, they're like, listen, Simon. We've invested so much money in you. You're too expensive to die right now. Uh, like, it's just another example of, like, not only in, like, a large macro scale is Char making weird decisions, but on, like, a micro scale... Like, this is not the same person that treated Camille like a protege. Yeah. And invested so yeah. much time in making sure Camille was, like, being, you know, grown to he be just the went pilot. full darkest timeline for no reason. 100%. Like, I don't know. It's maybe, I mean, to be fair, like, this facet of Gundam, like, was kind of missing. Like, he seems like how, like, Pokemon and Yu-Gi-Oh villains are. You know, they're like unapologetically evil but you they they have this likeness to like you really you want to like them really bad and unfortunately for char we had two entire seasons where we were kind of you know getting to like him and now he's like this disgustingly evil character and like i don't like this trope but i don't know don't you think don't you think that Haman was kind of like that but a better version of that yeah yes yeah well yeah yeah, well i mean Again, Haman had like a whole fucking TV show to flesh her out, but I don't know. I also do think there was a little like you. The way that you just looked at me was like, don't compare hot Haman. Yeah, to no, Sean. it's they are simply in different ways. Like, that, yeah. that's what you said with your eyes, but that was not what's coming out of your fucking mouth. <laughs> yeah, you disparage the honor, my. Yeah, don't don't, don't talk about her like that, man. <laughs> like not in my house. <laughs> but uh, Simon of... has a rose on, in his uh, yeah <laughs> in his pocket that he's caressing right now for the listeners who can't see. <laughs> it's it's uh, like a Bandai released a, a little model kit for the rose. <laughs> One to one scale. <laughs> oh, a model so cool. kit for a rose? Do you mean a seed? <laughs> <laughs> but this actually, uh, I'm glad that Haman came up because I want to talk about the way Haman talked about the Neo Zeons um, in Double Zeta and in Zeta was about how amateur they were. And it seems that whatever force that Char is working with is a lot more prepared and has like. There's like a whole hierarchy to it. There, you know, after he gives his speech, he's talking to like all of these different like ministers and yeah. political figures. So again, I feel like it's not fully fleshed out where all this has come from. You know, maybe it's like back at like side three or wherever. Maybe there's more stuff going on. They just like um, created the galactic scent or they like created Star well, Wars in one episode. There's like these like, offhanded comments about I don't know. um like Amongst the crew on the Londo Bell, they're like, how did he get the nuclear power to get the fifth Luna asteroid all the way to Earth? Somebody had to have been helping him. And then it's never addressed. And it's like, what? Like, yeah. come on, that's that's interesting. Like some kind of yeah. intrigue or some like, you know, the battle for humanity to define what it is. And then that's just kind of like a throwaway, like, oh, I don't know, you know. Do you do you all think that this movie considers Zeta or Double Zeta to be canon? 
Mm. It does, but it doesn't necessarily like respect yeah. it. It's kind of like you know, again, not to belabor the Star Wars analogy, but it's it's so similar yeah. <laughs> in terms of that you know the latest one and how it the choices yeah. it made a lot of respects disrespects Ryan all Johnson the movie momentum yeah. has been building up and you know yeah, to that like the erasure of uh of all the characters that weren't white <laughs> and all the stakes yeah. you know for the original character like you know we talked about this the first time we reacted to the movie but you know all the characters that we've been investing in so much up into this point we don't really get a whole lot of time or development you know in the movie like you would hope and yeah, yeah. i mean i think that maybe tomino just really wanted to basically make a sequel to like the last 0079 compilation movie because it seems that a lot of mm. the story beats are just taken from that um especially like the conversations yeah. about lala which we'll get into um but I, I do think that, you know, it, it's just disappointing because I think I specifically said in the uh, episode, the last episode before we watched the movie that I wanted to see Zeta and Double Zeta built upon because like in a lot of respects, I mean, Zeta was such a patient build in such a good show that yeah. like this is just the quite like just like the, the exact opposite of that. Um, and uh -huh. there's just absolutely no like respect given to either Zeta or Double Zeta um in this movie. But I don't know, like maybe we're missing the, something. The consequences of yeah. those shows, you know, like the momentum of those stories is kind of like forgotten. And then all of a sudden it's like, oh, Char's yeah. our new villain. That's what we need to worry about now. And like, wait, hold like, on. How is Camille not involved yeah. at all? Like he's kicking around. Like we know at the end of Double Zeta. And maybe well the thing is is a new translation wasn't out at this point, so and I mean, like canonically, it, it, either new translation or double Zeta, Camille is fine. Maybe they just tried to make this movie like greatest hits, just like Gun yeah. like Gundam greatest hits, and like we're only putting all of the characters that are like the biggest. But that they don't even do that. They make new characters. Yeah, I don't know, man. I don't know, man. I don't know, man. I don't know, man. Um. Amuro then takes the new Gundam before it's ready uh, to intersect with the Neo Zeons after Char's speech um, as they are moving uh, to a new uh, colony. Um, and there's actually a pretty great battle here um, in between. It's between a lot of the mass production suits on the Fetty side and then also on the Neo Zeon side. Uh, so, we get, like, I really like these mass production mobile suits in all of their battles. Like, yeah. They, they, the Jeggins versus all of the Zakus. Um, I also really like how, remember, when the research station uh, was happening, like, they're like, we based this off of your ideas, Amuro, and they're like, we put all these cells inside of the walls, and Amuro's like, that is a good idea. Yeah. <laughs> there's a lot of foreshadowing. Like, yeah, it was a yeah, good idea. There's a lot of foreshadowing here that the art, like, that the R&D department of this, like, there was some outside influencer in Anaheim Electronics of, of the development of the new suit, mm -hmm. um, which kind of goes back to Char's comment that, like, I'm not going to fully battle you because we're not up to spec. Like, your mobile suit isn't as close to mine. And so it's kind of building this kind of side narrative that something's happening um, in the background here where 
development of new mobile suits is happening for both sides and Shar kind of wants Amro to be on the same level as him. Right. Um so I mean the the basically Anaheim Electronics was given from Shar's team maybe more information on how to develop things for the Federation as well. Um which is kind of a cool like there's some kind of really interesting cool dialogue about capitalism and the war economy, um, mm-hmm. which is, uh, I think, really cool uh, little like story beats that they have here. Wasn't this being made? Um, when did the Cold War happen? It's it's the this is in the eighties, right? So the Cold War is definitely pretty hot at this moment. And yeah, it's funny that was like that was a big um, theme of uh, I feel like Cold War era sci-fi because yeah. I mean during the Cold War it was all just about like. The phys- like having physical weapons like not yeah. so much obviously I, I, it's called the cold war because like not a whole lot of battles actually happened but it's about like a lot of who is making the physical weapons and Definitely. that right. very much is what this is all about because i mean like in japan where this was being made they're probably horrified of all of that because you know like they simply are not the superpower that like russia and um america is so like that i don't know it, well, I think it that's is that's cool to see uh, themes uh, repre- or reflecting the times. That's what Tomino, I think, is kind of he is doing a little bit here in that Zeon is this more collectivist. I could say represents a more mm-hmm. collectivist ideology of being empathic and aware of each other, and then they see the earth as people who are individualistic and don't you know don't are greedy and don't care about other people which is kind of like i feel like the earth is america yes and like the earth is the u.s and zion is like russia essentially exactly (laughs) exactly no zion's also germany don't forget zion's just (laughs) like a horrible amalgamation of like nazi germany with like a horrible russia well it makes like those are also like super opposing ideologies in a way yeah it's kind of funny it's just like seen as the negative version like to to a Western audience, it's yeah. like that's like I mean, I, fascism's bad, communism also bad. What <laughs> <laughs> <Put> in one? <laughs> yeah. Um. So I yeah I really like this scene again. I I pretty, I like anything um, with the electronics. Simon can attest to to my love for the consoles. Oh my gosh! Every time yes. there's like a panel with like lighting oh. and stuff, I just I scream and say consoles. I I love them so much. Yeah. Um. It's some of my favorite. <laughs> art from the show is from the different types of like graphics that show up on consoles and all the switches and stuff i love 100 percent um switches and the toggles and the buttons so i wanted to uh talk about a new character we're introduced to uh who's come up earlier in the movie but this is like some of our first longer scenes with them which is chan um in, in my notes here i have chan greater than beltachica because chan's like, if there's anything that I love about this movie, it is the introduction of some of these characters, one of which is Chan. I think is an awesome character. Um, oh, I love Chan. And I'm really shipping... I mean, we don't know what happened to Beltashika. Again, the Zeta erasure is, like, <laughs> strong in this movie. Like, Beltashika is given no mind. Um, so... He doesn't exist. Yeah, according to this movie, we don't know. Um, so... I don't know. I I just really liked Chan, and we'll get a lot more of Chan in the movie. But I I like that 
then I love in the new Gundam when Amaro and Chan uh, move out to go kind of help in this battle. I love that. Uh, what there's is like a fucking seating arrangement? Yeah, there's like, there's like a, a second seat on the Gundam, uh, which I really think is cool. A single foot in front of the first seat. It's like, oh my gosh, yeah. it's almost like we're cuddling, but uh, there's like a there's a big piece of metal in between us. Don't worry, like. It's better than judo and Peru and double so yeah. and sit on my lap. Yeah. Like fuck that. We need our own space. Uh, so um, <laughs> Chan, uh, can you scoot forward a little bit? I don't have a lot of leg room. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> your your seats uh your seats back a little bit. Can you put your seat forward? <laughs> We're taking off. I need you to put your seat forward. <laughs> Please put your trade table up, Amaro. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, so uh, basically, or not Beltachica, uh, Chan and Amaro move yeah. out to intercept this this battle that's happening. Um, also, concurrently, we are then we then get the the comedy genius of this movie, Tomino. He he finds a way to put in some comedy. And we get uh, what I consider to be the three of us represented in animation as the pilots <laughs> of the shuttle. Incredible. I am so happy that those boys specifically are in charge of the safety of an entire shuttle, shuttle yeah. of civilians. They seem like they are able to make quick decisions. Mm-hmm. They are sharp with their words. Clearly and intelligent. They handle conflict with the ease and delicacy of a seasoned general. Yeah. And um, we'll make sure to put that clip in right now so yeah. you can see what I'm talking about. But um, these boys are, I think, kind of the future of uh, aerospace engineering. I don't know, I said it. See that, those lights over there? You better go tell the captain. I'll do it. Change our course, sir. Big battle. Uh-oh. Unless you get the Apogee motors fixed, we're headed straight for it. You're kidding. Get me out of here! But there are some good comedic moments in this movie, uh, apart from these three gentlemen who I love. I absolutely adore them. Yes. Uh, and I adore this scene. But there are some other like uh, funny moments with gravity where, like, uh, different characters don't know how to deal with the lack of gravity. <laughs> yeah, like, floating around. That or, part is yeah. very funny. I, I always, I always meant to bring that up about how funny I think it is that they made the decision that inside space stations sometimes there's no gravity because it seems arbitrary on like when the gravity is working or not. But this movie like really leaned into the fucking Earth noids not understanding that you have to. I don't know, hold on to these weird wall runners that will bring you to places. But I think that's what's so great about a Gundam and, and some of Tomino's decisions to add, like those little. It's like adds flavor to everything. It makes it, it makes the space life in space believable totally. or real. It like flushes like, out it's the just space the kind of shit so you well. see in everyday life. You know? And I think that adds such a great layer to no everything. Christian. That's an yeah. excellent point. That's like, I don't know if it didn't have all of that, it would seem very rigid and stiff, but they, uh-huh. I don't know. They find the excuse to just flesh out these environments, like just a little bit more. Like the beauty of this movie is in the details. Like, I don't know. I think yeah. that's my like cumulative, cumulative take on her, not take 
a cumulative opinion opinion personal opinion personal. on the movie it's your personal opinion <laughs> yes it's not a take uh, not everything's <laughs> a take you take what do you even but, uh, take? and then you protect you protect then, what do you give that's a good point Nobody ever talks about giving. Yeah, nobody talks about hot takes. What about a hot gift? Taking, taking, you know? taking. Yeah, consuming, consuming, consuming. What are we giving, giving, giving? Huh? Oh, yeah. You know? Oh, I'll give. Oh, oh, I'll give you a a hot gift. Oh. So, during this battle, uh, <laughs> during this this battle, we're also introduced to a hamburger. Ta- oh, fuck you. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I got mad. A turkey melt. <laughs> Simon, we, we spent a lot of time and money developing you into a super... A, a cyber new type. Cyber, cyber new type. And anyway. look, he's getting look. unstable. We gotta yeah. throw him back in the, <laughs> Real him in the brig. We need a handler. <laughs> the experiment is a failure. You can't stop talking about sandwiches. <laughs> <laughs> on this podcast we really can't stop talking about sandwiches <laughs> if you know anything about our podcast it's actually a podcast about sandwiches yeah, 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 yeah. that's the show yeah <laughs> we're part um, of big sandwich oh yeah <laughs> this episode, yeah we need to land that fucking subway brand deal yeah i know actually no Sponsor we gotta content. land like the white like the the boar's head brand deal. Like yes. we gotta go straight to the straight to the source. Like we got the Sara Lee boar's head. Um, what's a cheese? Til- brand? Tillamook. Tillamook brand deal. Yeah. That would be. Yeah. Okay. Nobody's allowed to steal that idea from me. That's our idea. TM TM TM. So during this battle, we're also introduced to a new character who I really like, Kara, who is Astonage's honey. Mm. And Kara rules. Sa- this pasta salad loving, yeah, beautiful, <laughs> beautiful entity that Astonage loves more than anything in the whole world. Yeah, Astonage really pulled. Yeah, yeah, dude. What, yeah, Astonage, Astonage, packs. Okay, yeah. this is known. Yeah, yeah, Astonage. I mean, like in our modern day time. Astonage is like, like what? What is Astonage doing? Like, what's he's he up to? Fucking working as the lead of the Ferrari pit crew, dude. Like, Astonage is oh, so shit. cool. He's beautiful yeah. with his hands. Yeah. Okay. He is able to. He, he's like. He's also. Um. He's definitely like the cool. The cool older person. Yeah. He's because yeah. everybody in the show, regardless, loves Astonage. They respect him. But yeah, in the modern day, he's like. I don't know. He's doing he's doing something that's like wildly tech. Like he's like working on like you know vintage cameras or something. Like something oh. that you're like, Astonage, you're so cool for doing that, dude. And I have no idea where I would even start to work on something like that. Do you think? I think he's on YouTube, like oh, getting mad DIY ad revenue. Oh my god, he fucking he definitely like just assembles. Um, <laughs> here's here's how it happened. He, he was in the gut. It, one of these guys just you know random like really gifted mechanic he blows up on tiktok because he's making these little vibe videos mm-hmm. next thing you okay, know like you know in the modern day everybody's all like you know trying to like support these content creators that are making you know like gun plus and stuff like 
Astonajic is a content creator who creates the actual mobile yeah, suits. That's true. Like, he like is doing like ASMR videos of like me building Char's mobile suit one-to-one model works <laughs> blowing up car at end of video graphic like that is what has to real life i cannot stress enough this is a functioning robot that i'm making and then uh, a tweet resurfaced that he made about 10 years ago he was almost canceled no, no! but then it was cool it was cool he was like he's like no 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 i let torres use my phone i let torres use my cousin i was Torres did that. Torres is canceled, not me. <laughs> oh, damn. <laughs> and with that, I think we should take a quick break. And we'll be back to talk more about Char's counterattack. That's right. Keep it locked. Keep it loaded. Yeah, Don't touch that dial. That's right. You'll listen to us on an old-time radio. This is Drive Time, Michael. And Drive Time, <laughs> Michael says, Ooh-ah. Yeah, keep it right here, and we'll talk to you soon. Bye. His voice was made for the radio. Welcome back to the show. Um, this is where we talk more to you, the listener. At you, At the you. listener. Do we ever ask how you're doing? We don't care what you no. think or what you have to say or how you're feeling. Just want you to listen to when it. You th- when you think about it, it's, this is the rudest platform possible podcasting. But it's vol. I, I've thought about that a lot, right? Because like yeah. we, like we think that what we say is important enough to record and put out in the open but this is also a voluntary platform yeah like it's true like you gotta we're we're doing this because this is for us to be completely frank and if you like it give it a listen but if you don't please forget we exist yeah if you (laughs) give us a listen and you don't like us I want you to scrub our names from your memory (laughs) and don't tell anyone that it ever happened okay that is I want you to pretend that you had a nightmare where three boys were talking to you about anime for an hour and a yeah. half and that you just woke up and you feel so much better now. If you made it this far and you're just listening based off of spite, we don't need the listens. We really no, don't care. We're, you we're can making zero dollars and zero cents. <laughs> I've lost so much money. Most of my family as a result of this podcast. Hey, 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 my hey, loved hey, ones, my if house. If you hate listening that much... You're gonna end up loving us one day, so you better be careful what you wish for. I have been told that they're like Simon, you annoying (laughs) piece of shit. I tried to hate you, but I stuck around, and you're not that bad. If you do listen to us out of love, hey, thank you so much for that. Thank you so much. Feel free to take that love and take it over to Apple iTunes podcast app motherfuckers we had a good thing that's what you do <laughs> and leave us a loving leave wife us a right a rating and review 
and then go on rate my professor, <laughs> find Christian, and leave him a rating. <laughs> oh, wait, Christian, you ever rate my professor? I'm sure it's already horrible. Bro, I'm gonna make one. I'm about to end your whole goddamn career. <laughs> professor, kinda hot, but made creepy advances on me. Didn't know if uh, I liked it. Cool professor, but he could talk to me about anime. <laughs> I didn't learn anything <laughs> in our humanities class. <laughs> oh, oh you can sick. definitely teach a class on Gundam. Dude, you can teach a class on anything. That's the thing about college. If you got enough young people to pay money, <laughs> you can do whatever you want. Like, it's like all these people are like, they have a college, they have a class on Batman. It's like, yeah, that dude's paid sixty grand a year to take yeah. a college on ba- or take a class it's, on Batman. Yeah, it's just like statistics. Like, it is. It's not real. It's just made up. Like, it doesn't exist. Dude, that's what I said. Like, I took this class no. on linear algebra. Like, yeah, okay. Ooh, like, yeah, you know, cool. you can multiply two numbers and see what happens. Like, <laughs> cool. Hey, take a real class, <laughs> like Spanish or French or indoor rock climbing, or health and like wellness. I did. Home economics. So the shuttle from Earth, the one, uh, the one that Quest and Adenauer were on uh, in Hathaway. So that uh, that shuttle is actually brought aboard the Lando Bell. Uh, Hathaway is reunited with his dad, and it's quite um, anticlimactic, let's say that. Yeah. Uh, considering he probably hasn't seen his dad since he was, like, two years old. Dude, it's literally like, you work here? And, yeah. like, his dad's like, <laughs> why are you here? And then, like, I change the next shot. <laughs> yeah. It's like when you run into, to, like, somebody from high school at Kroger. Yeah. And you're just like... Oh, what are you doing these days? And they're like, yeah, I work at, you know, insert place. And you're like, that's cool, man. You know, that's really cool that you're doing that. Like, I knew you were really into that, like, back in high school. Like, that's really cool. And they're like, are you still really into... Insert hobby. And you're like, nah, man, I don't really get into that too much anymore. And that's kind of like how Hathaway and Bright were. Hathaway said to Bright, he said, hey, are you still into that whole, like, military thing? <laughs> and Bright was like, yeah, man. Yeah, man. I, I've been here and there, here and there, you know. Squashing some rebellions. I don't know, but I'm trying to focus on, you know, other parts of my life, too. But, yeah. yeah. Like, I just recently got into yoga, and that's been, like, really helpful to my... Oh my yeah, and Hathaway, Hathaway's like, you still yeah, here, right? And he's like, yeah, man, we're going... <laughs> Oh, yeah, yeah, your mom. Oh, you mean your mom? (laughs) Great lady. (laughs) Yeah, kiss her. Lady in the streets. (laughs) Yeah, I kissed her seven years ago, last time I saw her. Um, (laughs) You popped out, bitch. (laughs) Uh, And so then we see uh, uh, Adenauer is also introduced to Bright and... Uh, Adenauer then discusses with Bright the new plan where they need to go together uh, to to a colony named the Londinian. Uh, Quest and Hathaway are tested as pilots, and Quest uh, quickly develops a... Um, I wrote down crush here, but I don't know. It's more like a factuation with Amaro, uh, basically yeah. because Amaro is a new type and Quest is obsessed with new types. Yeah. Immediately, like upon not even knowing yeah, her. And yeah. she then by like by that infatuation becomes extremely jealous to Chan. 
uh, who who is just you know, not like that. Like, <laughs> yeah, who is just like around? Like Shan's just around and. Like, do you like Amaro? And it's like, yeah, like, as a captain, she's like, I knew it! <laughs> you need to get off this ship! Yeah, she demands, quests a civilian, Yeah. then demands that Chan, a uh, senior officer... In uniform. In uniform, who is, like, holding a clipboard and papers, Looks leave like the ship and just go into the vacuumess of space, into the nothingness, because... Quest thinks that Chan is like a obstacle to her getting to know Amuro. It's wild. It's insane. And it's basically what like what Shar saw this infatuation and like saw as like something he could manipulate. Uh all of the people in the Fetty uh ship are just like don't understand it. Don't yeah. understand what's happening yeah. at all. Yeah. Um and I think it's funny, Quest like all of her talk, she like talks a lot about new types and their empathetic abilities and, you know, how new types are supposed to be so forward thinking, yet she treats everyone like shit and she's just a selfish right. child who is like just very self-absorbed, doesn't take any like she's time to like, consider like the bigger To go back to the things. college metaphor, she's like the person that took like one humanities class like at her school in india and thinks she knows everything but then just like treats but she's still like, like a really rich girl and is actually super conservative and so she just wraps up her, <laughs> yeah like... no that's exactly <gasps> it quest is that girl from the new season of the bachelor <laughs> <laughs> the one who spoiler alert, the one that got canceled the one who won but then got canceled oh my god God. I want to see Quest fall to Earth and smack the ground like that one girl did. And get destroyed by the Earth. Christian, Christian, the Christian, weight of oh my god, in the Bachelor, <laughs> dude, the weight of gravity was pulling so hard. <laughs> oh my god. This... <laughs> Christian, I've only seen like two episodes of The Bachelor, but oh. the, the, the two that I reference. Anyway, I've only seen um, two episodes. I've only seen. Yeah, dude, I'm not a big fan. I'm not. I'm not a fan I actually don't like shows. It. Like my wife watches it, and I just kind of like I've seen it around. And yeah, I might like get some popcorn and sit next to her, and like yeah, I might know all the contestants' name, but I'm not into it. Like it's not my <laughs> show; it's her show. Like I don't I really, really care. care. Like I don't care that like it. Yeah, it might make me cry. Yeah, like Matt's just like a really strong man. And I just like really want him to hug me and just like hold me tight and tell me everything's gonna be okay. But really, it's not like it's not a big <laughs> deal to me. That like it's just like not a big deal to me. I I love the show. <laughs> <laughs> I'm in love with Matt and Michael. Michael, as you can see, is getting there. <laughs> no, that that's the energy. Uh, that's my bit of me actually talking about Love Island. Uh, <laughs> um. We also uh, get a scene where Amuro is sleeping and he's having dreams about Lala, who he's communicating with. And basically he's saying to Lala, like, Lala, you're treating, you're like trying to treat me and Shar as the same. And you're trying to like be this person who gets the best of both of us. Um, but like, you don't see that Shar is truly evil. And Lala, for some reason, says that Shar is like pure of heart. Yeah, that was really confusing. 
really weird scene. Uh, it's kind of cool to see to see Lala back in this further. Like it to me, it further says that this movie is a sequel to just like the last bit of Zero Zero Seventy Nine. Yeah, uh, where Lala makes an appearance. Um, but I thought that you know that that is a little bit of like interesting uh, insight into the characters and you know showing Amuro. It's exactly what he talked about. Um, in Zeta with not wanting to go back into space because that's where Lala is. And now he's in space and Lala's there like fucking haunting him All the as like time. a swan. Yeah, yeah it's kind of wild. Um, the Lando Bell uh, heads to the to a colony called the Londinian where Adenauer is going to, uh, to, going to be a part of the negotiations between the Earth Federation and Shars Neo-Zeon. Um, through talks with Hathaway, Quest is clearly uh, a, ne- a Neo-Zeon sympathizer um, as she seems to agree with uh, Char and with the ideologies of Neo-Zeon. Um, and Hathaway kind of plays devil's advocate uh, in these conversations, kind of, you know, talks about how the Federation is right in all of this. Uh, but Quest clearly, you know, has this disdain for her father and for the Federation. Um, the Londo Bell arrives at the Londinian, and Cameron Bloom, Mirai's fiance from 0079, makes a random appearance. The biggest cuck of the <laughs> whole show is back, the baby. Whole franchise, baby. <laughs> I kind of feel bad for this guy. He's just like, I don't know, he's so timid the whole time, and like, yeah. he seems like a really nice guy. It just didn't work out with him and but Mira, also, I guess. it's just extremely forgettable. Like, I... <laughs> That's the worst part. He just, like, didn't get the girl of his dreams and everyone no. forgot about it. This is absolutely unhinged. The fact that, um, Tomino was like, you know who I should bring back from Zero Zero 79? Cameron Bloom. You know, you know who the fans favorite. would love to see again? You know who they really miss? Cameron Bloom. <laughs> this bitch. <laughs> <laughs> the most forgettable motherfucker in the I'm sorry, I'm being like so mean to this dude right now. The character who has to like clearly state his relationship to the other characters when he's on the screen, just so we understand. Oh, yeah, that, that he, guy. Like, previously, <laughs> yeah. <in> the... <laughs> yeah, he's like, oh, he's like, oh, there's Bright Mirai's husband, Mirai, who I loved. Yeah, from like season one. Do you remember? Or <laughs> he goes up to him, he's like. You look familiar. And he's like, yeah, dude, you're dating my ex-girlfriend. Or you're married to my ex-girlfriend. Oh, yeah, that's, oh, right. that's what I know you from. Um, <laughs> um, let's see. Uh, so uh, Cameron Bloom is there as part of the audit agency, and he oversees the financial trade as the Federation agrees to give Neo Zeon the Axis asteroid. And in, um, in like, response or as part of the treaty, they get a like a signed treaty, and then they get a bunch of gold. Um, so Cameron Bloom is there <laughs> to like to like look at all like look through all of this. Yeah, um, which is hilarious because the Earth Federation was like, "Oh, you just dropped an asteroid on yeah. Earth. Okay, all right, don't yeah. hurt us. We'll we'll give you this other much larger asteroid. Just don't <laughs> don't do the same thing again." Well, they even say they're like, yeah, whenever we were moving bases, you know, because of the asteroid you were dropping on us, like we took all this gold with us or whatever, you know, like insane, insane thought uh, that they decided to sign this treaty. So Cameron Bloom actually p- plays like a pretty like large part in this and the fact that he's taking uh, care of all the financial aspect. But then he goes to Bright and the Londo Bell to tell them what happened. 
Um, so again, a random character from 0079. Uh, and this is the scene where he, um, where he goes up to Bright, and I, Simon, you might have to help me with the, the way that this works, but he goes up to Bright and he says, Bright, how was Mirai? Oh, I mean, your wife. In just the most weaselly way a person could be. Because he, I think that in his mind, calling her by her name, Mirai, is showing too much affection towards yeah. her. So, and he needed He's again the biggest cock ever. <laughs> like he can't even like he such a virgin. He needs to, such a chad. he needs to remind himself that Mirai like is married to this man. I almost said like belongs to this man. That shit sucks. No, um, do not say uh, that. Mirai is married to Bright, and that is like he needs to. I feel like he needs. He's trying to tell Bright that he knows that Mirai is no longer his, but that in return, simultaneously is showing that he's very much thinking of Mirai in that same way. That was actually a very powerful, like, exchange of dialogue. Yeah. Like, I don't know, very, um, it, it really fleshed out his character as just kind of, like, so, so scared of everything <laughs> not not to sound like that guy but in japanese culture to call someone by their first name is actually a very intimate thing so it oh. when he said mirai it is like a little bit of boundary stepping for sure in that context so yeah like it does it still hits those things that you guys are saying mm -hmm. like those dramatic mm -hmm. beats yeah. of like oh he's simon trying to show you simon that's why we'll that's why whenever we talk about Christian, I always say our podcast partner. I yeah. never, I never say yeah. Christian by his full name because because that's too, too intimate. Yeah, even you saying it now is kind of making me feel a way towards Christian that I don't really feel entirely comfortable with. Yeah, um, it's very intimate. podcast friend. Yeah, podcast um, friend. Yes, yes, yes. Friend of the pod. <laughs> but okay, this brings me to my burning question of the week. Oh. Question. Should Mirai have stayed with Cameron Bloom instead oh! of Bright? Absolutely not. I think she would be like a boring pill yep. to oblivion. She would like I think that if Mira What is she doing now? <laughs> I don't think she should have ended up with Bright, but I think if she ended up with Cameron Bloom, she would have like woken up and been like thirty five years old and then being like, I hate my <laughs> life and then just like divorce his ass and like go like do something cool actually no i think she should have okay this is what i think should have happened i think mirai should have married cameron but then i think being in such a boring relationship would make mirai realize what a cool person she is yeah and then she would have unfor at, at as an expense to cameron uh she would blossom into the great great person think... that she is so that is my answer. Mm -hmm. Cameron would be left in shambles yeah. and would almost certainly um, end up on Shangri-La rummaging through all of the junk um, trying to put his life back together. But I think Mirai... I, I want to see, like... I don't know. It was a marriage of convenience. I would... Okay, here's... Yeah, I would like to see a lot... Damn, B. What, <laughs> so because Mirai's family was, I think, important. Her 
father was uh, an official, right? Like a yeah, very important sure. governmental. Sure. And then uh, <laughs> Bloom Cameron, he seems like a money man. You know, like his family's mm-hmm. probably got a lot of money. So what she should have yeah. done is she should have yeah. married him. Stock. Then, yeah. uh, you know, get some prenups. Oh, in order. get got that get a divorce. Rolling. Take them. Take money. your money. Grow. And then she starts her own uh, privateering organization. Pharmaceuticals company. <laughs> Pharmaceuticals. <laughs> no, I I agree. I think she should have stayed with. Um, so basically, in in every relationship, there's one person who does the crazy thing, and the other person who stays home and takes care of the kids. So in Bright and Mirai's relationship, Bright is the one. He uh, is going out, and then she's the zero. She has to stay with the kids. It's he binary. could have, like, stay-at-home dad yeah. Cameron. Yeah, exactly. She I would see. force him to be the stay-at-home dad yeah. while she continues her military career as a pilot. Um, so that's my my thought on it. I that. think, yeah, we all kind of It's had... all fucked up. It's all so annoying. And yeah. The, and the, whole, the whole arc is stupid. Yeah. But it just sucks. Like, Dumb character. All, yeah. I don't know why... For some reason, the show is insistent on, or like this franchise is insistent on, like keeping a lot of the or like keeping some of the male characters around, but like having really powerful female characters who then don't continue to be powerful. I think or like well, they just don't keep them around, dude. I think that I don't know. I I've been thinking about this a lot lately, but I think that if you get extremely <laughs> into this franchise, and especially if you put this franchise on a god tier at like a really developmental age you could have a extremely skewed point towards like how to treat like women in society and everything i don't know i get like very scared for the people who are like way 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 into like anime and stuff like that but like later on do you remember when um uh char is like in the um having that intimate moment with what's her name uh yeah and he is just like you keep me stable you're the only thing and he's and she's like yes of course char i'm here for you like i don't know i like really don't like that like mommy boy aesthetic and i feel like gundam is uh insistent on yeah but that's also like any sort of romantic relationship in the view of movies yeah like not like that's not only we can't only put that on anime because i feel like there's so many like you complete me fucking you know (laughs) manic pixie dream girl horrible exactly no you're you're right it's the exact same fucking relationship that men have to women and yeah internal sunshine of the spotless mind or all these fucking things where like the main character is a man and the women are just there to help him like figure out the puzzle yeah you figure out my life and then now that i'm all fixed i can like and the movie ends when it's really like you just gotta go to therapy baby. <laughs> go to therapy, go to therapy. start a podcast baby <laughs> Monetize. go to therapy baby Monetize get a casper mattress baby i'm not depressed Does anymore sponsorships you ever baby. been to subway sandwiches baby Boobies, baby, baby. <laughs> uh, shakes yeah oh, dude they're dude. putting trace amounts of lexapro in the light mayonnaise <laughs> at subway <laughs> You're just not, you're just not <laughs> hydrated, Cameron. <laughs> Cameron Bloom, drink some water. Cameron Bloom took a bubble bath and now he's got a fucking bloodlust for Bray. How about you try yourself a kombucha, Cameron? 
bitch. <laughs> Biatch. <laughs> Biatch. Christian, oh, Christian, uh, Abigail, uh, for the listeners, Abigail, my lovely wife, uh, is bringing back Biatch. Yeah. Biatch. 2021's the year of Biatch. From yeah. the 2000s. We, uh, yeah. Obviously, words have uh, weight. Yes, Biatch credit to Abigail. Funny. Every time we say Biatch to Abigail, or uh, you'll, all the listeners have to Venmo Abigail $1. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Because you guys bring it back. we monetize, baby. <laughs> <laughs> And if I catch you saying it out in the real world, I will fucking give you a wedgie. Yeah, we're going to you steal nerd. your lunch money and buy Subway <laughs> for both of us, but you just don't have the decision on where we're eating. Like, give you a wedgie, slap you both sides of the cheeks, give you a kiss in the forehead, give you a real confused day. Wow. I love you, but I hate love you. But I, I love you, but I hate you. Shut up, I kiss My you. fucking grandson. Disappointment, <laughs> you son of a bitch. I love you. <laughs> Um, after, so after Char leaves the treaty talk, the, the treaty table, um, which is, I feel like they were doing a podcast there. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> the treaty table. Yeah. Most yeah. certainly, most certainly a podcast. Yeah, the treaty yeah, yeah. Um, treaty talk. Uh, so after that, um, Char decides to ride a horse back to his base, I guess. Dude, that horse understand. came in Whims- handy Whimsy. later. Yeah. Whimsy. I don't understand. The, you know, you gotta the, add a little bit yeah, of magic. Well, why is he riding a horse? He's I don't a know. Horse girl. Who cares? Or is a repressed horse girl? He is a manic pixie dream horse dream girl. <laughs> manic pixie horse girl. <laughs> Yikes! That is that is truly the final boss of life. Yeah. <laughs> Actually, maybe maybe Quest is like. If the if the movie's about Hathaway, then Quest is the manic pixie dream. Hondo P. Yeah. Quest is a really like. I mean, I feel like checks a lot of the boxes of that trope. Hundred percent, yeah. Blue hair. That's um, it. <laughs> I don't know if we'll see this in Char's origins or not, but I feel like a lot of his uh, character arc that's been mysterious to us now um, was, you know, really happened in the stables in his younger years. <laughs> Char learned how to treat people as as he saw the, the the horses eating up the hay. Char is like, wow, human. No, that's why he hates humans so much because humans yeah. treat horses so bad. That's a good point. Yeah, he sees uh he sees humans riding, riding the, horses. He's he like the, the horses Kentucky, should the be Kentucky riding Derby, humans, and he just gets so pissed that he was to throw an asteroid at Tibet. <laughs> treat horses better, Char. There's horses on the planet too. Fuck. <laughs> <laughs> Horses get cold too, Char. Oh, oh shit! Even oh, with the blankets uh, on Char invested heavily in horse blankets, yeah, like right true. before this plot. Um. So yeah. Anyway, Char gets on a horse. Don't know why, but he's basically riding a horse to get from point A to point B. Whereas Amaro is riding around Londinian, just okay. like. In the, middle of a war, in the middle of a war, uh, firstly, Amuro gets Haro, which is a cool moment. Haro comes back, um, which is super cool. And then Amuro decides to take Hathaway and Quest for some reason on like, like a, a sa- joyride. Yeah, joy a ride. safari joyride, but there's only birds around. <laughs> um, and he runs in, they all run into Char, who's riding a horse. Amuro then leaps from. The buggy yeah. slash Jeep Wrangler. Leaving two children. Without telling anybody, yeah. like, though, I thought saying Hathaway, 
take the wheel. He's yeah. like, he just jumps I don't out care of if it. these two yeah. kids die in a crash. Yeah. I got to get Char. Yeah. And he tackles Char off of a horse. Char most certainly would have his collar bone broken at this point. Like, yeah. the fall from a horse is not going to be fine. No. Uh, and they take a tumble. And they end combat. And they, they have a couple punches. There's some good sound effects here. Um, and then Amuro pulls out a gun to kill Char, I guess. Wes, for some reason, is immediately like... This man is like dream man yeah like I, he is the answer to all of my questions exactly uh and she grabs the gun out of amuro's hands and then holds amuro and hathaway up as the clown zaku arrives clown zaku. with uh Gine as the pilot and takes away um char and quest who is immediately taken into char's ranks yes um Simon, can you describe for the listeners the clown Zaku in case they don't remember or haven't watched the movie? Yeah, I'd love to. So, um, we live in America here, <laughs> both um, uh, Michael and Christian and I, we all live in America, and we have this um, restaurant. Yeah, we live in America, but it's starting to feel like Soviet Russia these days, am I right? All right, Michael, <laughs> save that for other podcasts. Um, uh, God bless America. Yeah, that's awesome, motherfuckers. Um, but we have this uh, restaurant chain called McDonald's here, um, <laughs> and you might have them uh, where you live. But uh, and the character, they're kind of uh, headliner um, of McDonald's. Their mascot is this gentleman named Ronald McDonald, who has this wacky color scheme of yellows and reds. Um, I think to elicit uh, the ideas of perhaps ketchup and mustard. <laughs> Um, but this Zaku is essentially, um, they took Ronald McDonald's color palette, they added blue in as well, um, and have, it, it looks like a child got a hold of a coloring book of a (laughs) blank Zaku, and just went fucking nuts with the crayons on it, (laughs) and now we're supposed to respect it, like it is a, you know, threatening force. But that is my um, description of Clown Zaku. I love him more than anything. Like, imagine if I bought a Ford Mustang, like electric <laughs> blue, and then I took like one of the doors and painted it yellow, like a sharpie. <laughs> With just like matte spray paint. And yeah. then I, I painted the base of the car's gloss, and then I took like another section, like the tail end of it, and made it red again. Yeah, using like house paint that like you have left over from painting your door. And yeah. Then, like... And that's what this Zaku looks like. Yeah, it's it looks like up. shit. I am sitting here in silent disagreement. Okay. Do you know what this... we were talking about? This mobile suit. Uh, uh, excuse me. The oh, RMS name. 111. Uh, is it's fucking badass looking? Sure, I don't know what you guys are talking about here. Yeah, talking Just about you're saying because I want to make sure we're talking about I'll the same thing. If you're gonna go to bat that this is cool, yeah. Unfortunately, Alex has created an odd number of people now. Yeah, so um, we 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 can bully you. Yeah, <laughs> but we can also bully. Going live. Um, hold up. Yes, yeah, this exactly. motherfucker. <laughs> 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 
it looks better in this picture than it does in the movie. No, this bitch looks like fucking biatch. It looks like the fun dip of Gundams. <laughs> like this looks like it could be the mascot for a new Starburst flavor. <laughs> No way. He looks man. like it's made out so of nerds, cool. the love... candy. <laughs> Christian, what's it uh what's its call what's its like call sign or numbers or whatever? It's the RMS one one eleven? Yeah, no, the Ronald not. Mobile Suit. Hobby Isaac <laughs> Hobby Isaac. The Hobby Isaac. Can you search, search it up and see if there's a kit for this? If so, you're forced to make it. Yeah. If the kit Wait, no, if wait. Not, if not, that, you have to custom paint a Zaku. Yeah, I'll custom paint a Zaku. It has two. Um, it has two. It, I don't think it has the flat um, shoulder piece like Char's uh, Zaku has. Regardless, I mean, e- Christian, you can believe what you want, and I respect your opinion. Yes, but that is the ugliest fucking mobile suit I've ever seen. <laughs> I think you need both of y'all need to get your eyes checked. <laughs> Concern. Go to a doctor. Yeah, this is the first kind of See this, is, this is kind of our first fight we've had. Yeah, you know? do, do Rorschach we're, test. We're working through it. We made some other arguments. Um, it's just just like the, the gonna whole, die on this hill though, huh? The whole Peru situation. Yeah. Christian was right about that one, so yeah. maybe we should give him the benefit of the doubt. Uh, also, Christian still like we cannot forget that he still has to eat a subway sandwich on. Yeah, like, we'll put a camera. poll up somewhere on if like just like we're gonna put a picture of that, and all the poll options are just gonna be yes or no, and then we have to see what people say about exactly. it. Exactly. Like, yeah. n- no context. Like, I don't want people because it's about a gut reaction, and Christian's yeah. gut reaction was yes, and our gut reaction was no. So yeah. I want to see what everybody else says. I agree. Um, so in this uh, Ronald McDonald looking ass mobile suit, uh, Quest and Char are taken back to the Neo Zeon base. Quest is there trained uh, in that ugly ass mobile suit to be a mobile suit pilot. Was with, it in that mobile suit? Yeah, with Guiana. Clown. Um, and back, uh, back on Longdinian, Hathaway gets himself a little petite mobile suit to move some junk around. So cool. So like, kind of the the, the parallels between those two characters. <laughs> It's um, like it's kind of like he had a little bit of a training montage, but not really. No, yeah. they didn't give us the satisfaction of like a whole ass training montage because I love me a training montage. But... Yeah, me too. Um, Char claims that Quest is like the new Lala, which is insanely disrespectful to Lala. Yeah, and yeah. stupid, and it makes me super concerned about Char. Um, Char's long gone, dude. This is not. This simply is not the same character that we love and know. Okay, I have a conspiracy. You know how people think like Avril Lavigne like died and then got replaced with a double. I think that like Lieutenant Quattro, like Lieutenant Quattro, when Char became Lieutenant Quattro, his personality split into two people. Okay, there was like evil Char and Lieutenant Quattro, who was like like, wore glasses. Yes, cool Char, exactly. So evil Char wasn't in Zeta. Okay, evil Char was scheming up like whatever bullshit happened in this movie, like Smeagol and Gollum. Like Smeagol and Gollum, exactly. Cool Char, I don't know where Cool Char is in this movie. Maybe it's like a parallel universe um, situation, but that is the only logical explanation I can think of. I like it. Thanks. Um, there's also a really cool moment where Char, Quest, and some of Char's cronies 
they get in a train. Yeah. And they um they do like a little train ride. And there's um, what what Simon and I have been calling the shark train soccer chant. <laughs> all of the all the people on the train do like like char themed soccer chant, and I love it. I'm gonna I want to insert it here, um, yeah. but it's so beautiful, and I love it so much. that there were enough Gundam fans in the world for us to do that in actual soccer game. <laughs> <laughs> that Start a whole Char song. Yeah. <laughs> at a fucking soccer stadium. That'd be sick. Um, oh, so man. This, um, this, like, half of the movie kind of ends with um, a little bit of, like, people trying to explain about what's happening with Char. Um, so we get Shar and Nanai in Shar's room. They're both wearing robes, so I think we can assume that something happened beforehand. Maybe they, you know, a bath in separate bathtubs, like yeah. in those erectile dysfunction Maybe commercials. To you know, what I'm good about? point. Yeah, the Cialis commercials yeah. where they're just in different bathtubs. Yeah, that's probably what <laughs> and, happened. And you, and, have to, and you have to assume that the man has like a massive boner because he took yeah. Cialis. <laughs> Char is suffering from uh, ER or ED. Um, He's suffering from ER, the, the show. A rectal. ED, ER night. Respiratory. What? <laughs> but, um, so, but yeah, there, was this, the, was this before or after, like, the scene where she was like, I'll comfort you, Char. Because that did look like a nice hug. Yeah. In all fairness. But they, they have, like, a discussion about Wes and Lala and Char's plan. Um, and to be honest, it didn't really shed much light, in my opinion, on on what he's up to. Um, but Nanai definitely has like a bit of like concern or she's questioning why Char brought like a delinquent child yeah. along. And um, yeah. there's also like a weird jealousy thing where she throws a whiskey glass at, at the floor because of quests, which I'm just like, why, why is all of this happening about this character that we do not give a shit about? This is just like a third, like a third, like your third, your annoying 13 year old cousin or something like yeah. that. Like, I, I don't know. These people are giving quests an insane time of day. Exactly. He's like that kid that everyone knows that the more attention you give them, the shittier they are. Exactly. <laughs> They don't want to put up with the tantrum, so they keep giving into her bullshit. Exactly. And yeah. That's yeah. It's kind of like how this movie's. And then so it then cuts to a conversation that Quest is having with Ganai, where um he speaks about Shar and claims that Shar is doing everything that he's doing because he's selfish and angry, and that when he gets angry, he wants to destroy things, and kind of trying to to talk Quest out of her infatuation with Shar. 
and then Quest then basically says that like you're only saying this because you love me or like you want me to and Char does. So like basically forcing like a weird love triangle which doesn't seem to exist. But also like what point like what is this playing towards? Like why in the final showdown between Amaro and Char would you want to show like all the infighting in Char's ranks? For a character that spoiler alert just dies yeah. like i don't understand what any of this is playing towards like how does it service the plot how does it service anything that's happened and i again i'm trying not to be negative uh besides that uh zaku like i don't want to get shit on things <laughs> <laughs> but i do not understand this and this is where I, where i think we want to end for the day yeah um yeah but it, but it, it left a bad taste in my mouth when I when I paused because I was just like, what the fuck is happening? Like, why? Fu- yeah. I paused in a similar place and, uh, you know, again, it was that there was a line like, oh, this is all about Amaro, isn't it? You know, you just want to, you guys just have this unfinished thing that y'all haven't dealt with and all this is about that, isn't it? And he was like, well, you would accuse me of being so petty, you know, this and that. And I don't know if that was supposed to be like the whoa, this is all actually about his personal thing or not, but um even that feels like really unearned and unsatisfactory. Um so yeah. Like if it's about him and Lala and Lala being dead, that like does isn't fully explained through like everything that happened in Zeta. You know? Yeah. Like you can't have your cake and eat it too with this like it can't be both about both like lala's death and also like the pollution on earth and new types like i don't know it's just like there's no clear consensus on why anything is happening at any given point or like why you know why he's acting this way yeah and that's what that's what uh, you know inevitably distances you from the story or the movie right if you want to like have that connection with the characters, understand why it is they're making all these like big brash moves, these big dramatic moves, and you just can't, and it kind of takes you out of it a little bit, and that's a killer. I yeah, I agree. I don't know. I don't know, guys. I don't know what to say about this. I'd I like... don't know, man. <laughs> up in the air, man. <sighs> yeah. We'll wrap it up with part two. Maybe we'll have some I'll probably watch it. I mean, I have to watch it again to get some of the audio clips. Uh that we mentioned i was like i was actually looking forward to that between now and the next um time we talk about this like rewatching it with all of your opinions in my head too as well um i don't know i don't know man <laughs> yeah i mean like i still there's still a lot that i like about it and i do want to make an effort to appreciate like the animation and Bro, the credits rolled. Do you remember how many people, like, those credits were, so many people made this movie. I, like, I don't know. Making an anime is truly a feat of human ingenuity. It really like, is. Yeah. I mean, and, and like I said, I spent a lot of time, I, everything I've said about this movie is a negative, but at the same time, I enjoyed <laughs> yeah, you, watching it, and I love talking it about time. it. So, um, yeah, this is also probably say, one of our longest episodes we've had. So, like, I mean... I guess this has more to do than, like, what is good. Like, is good talking about it for a while? Or is good, like, I don't know. Amazing conversation, at the very least.
I did see, um, so I think I may have mentioned that this person I follow, that we follow on our Twitter account for the podcast, um, who made this incredible Rue Luca uh, cosplay. It was, it was so cool, and so I followed them, and they um, were on a podcast talking about Shars Counterattack, where they had all just watched it for the first time as well. Um, and they kind of said, like they said, whenever they talked about it, like, yeah, we just recorded a three-hour podcast about Shars Counterattack. What it comes down to is the movie is bad. <laughs> and oh, obviously yeah. i haven't listened to it yet because i don't like don't want to be influenced yeah, by them there's so much good like gundam podcast out there and like i i'm not competitive with this whatsoever because again like this is just something we do for fun we are making zero dollars and zero cents off of this we cannot <laughs> yeah. say this enough this is literally an excuse for us to basically watch anime and yeah. talk and, and talk fun. shit yeah yeah exactly so like I will definitely get around to watching that or to listening to that podcast at some point. Um, but I don't want it to color any of my view of what we've watched so far. And, but it, it does, it is somewhat like nice to know that there <laughs> that other people would agree that this sucks. And I think maybe they've done the same thing where they've watched it in order. And I think maybe if you just watch this on your own, you would think that they're, that all these things are developed, but when you watch it in order so close together, you can see how quickly this kind of falls off. So Yeah. I think uh. in a bubble, this movie might be really good. If you don't care about Zeta or Double Zeta, like yeah, the action's incredible, the animation's incredible, the music's good, like all of that stuff is good. It's just truly like more about what we didn't see than what we did. It's just like jazz. It's like jazz music. This movie is yes. just like jazz music. Yeah, it's about the notes they're not playing. You know? But in, this is in a negative way. <laughs> it's about the no. It's about the notes they choose to play. Yeah. <laughs> it's like bad jazz. But I think we should uh, we should leave it there for the day. I think we we still have a lot to talk about, and at this point, we're just saying the same stuff over and over again. True. Um, did you all have any anything else you wanted to get out about the first half of this movie before we move on? Anything we missed? No, no, just that like. The, the train scene, that's when the Cold War metaphor really hit me. Yeah. Because as they're driving through that city, like, it looks very reminiscent of the Eastern Bloc, very utilitarian and gray, and people are chanting this very song for Shard. <laughs> and it's like, oh, okay, this is supposed to be like the Cold War metaphor again. Interesting. Definitely. Simon, any, any final thoughts before we wrap it up? I want... Subway Gundam, where it's green oh, and yellow. Art challenge. That says eat fresh on it. Simon finished his Zaku from Double Zeta oh, yeah. last season. I saw him do it. I posted a picture of it on our Twitter. And another podcast came for our throats. Yeah. Don't Whoa. talk to me. <laughs> I don't want anyone to talk to me ever <laughs> on the internet in real life. What is I'm a one way street. No, they didn't really come yeah, for our throats, but they, I, they, 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 they called helped out, me. Yeah, they called out Simon for having the skirt on backward on Izaku. Yeah, which um, it was, which is funny as yeah. fuck. I like, I don't know, man. Embarrassing. We're, yeah. we're, we are beta podcasters. Yeah, we truly are. We're the virgins. We're the virgin podcast. <laughs> the Chad podcast is putting Izaku <laughs> yeah. on correctly. Virgin um, podcast is fucking spray-painted Zaku's skirt on backwards. I hope that when we see them, when the off, when the Gundam podcast office reopens, I hope uh, that they don't give us wedgies. Yeah, I do too. I miss that Gundam office toilet. My head's been <laughs> in it so much. 
<laughs> yeah, little known fact, all the Gundam podcasters, uh, we all go to work at the same office building. It's a yeah. co-working space. Yeah, it's a co it's we work. We're, we're in the basement. We have the shittiest space out of all the shit. <laughs> <laughs> we actually have to work out front and like it's really tough and it rains. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, sometimes they make us go outside. Yeah, yeah. But the security guards give us a really hard time. Like, I think that they are also in on it, just like, yeah, you know, give, like, give them a really hard time. Oh, like, we actually we know mo- you, we see you every day. Exactly. Like, they make us, us the work building. inside the Starbucks across the street where yeah. the Wi Fi barely reaches. Because at the Starbucks, they hate us too. <laughs> yeah, they, but... hate us. they hate us at the Starbucks because we only order Frappuccinos. Yeah, and we destroy their bathrooms. But. <laughs> And then I was trying to make a Zoolander reference, and they just didn't get it. Yeah, yeah they hate Zoolander at that Starbucks. Yeah, yeah. They all specifically, all the baristas at that Starbucks specifically said they hate Zoolander. Christian will make reference. To They're be like, fair, no. you ordered an espresso, and you were like, "What is this? A coffee for ants?" And you've said that joke every single day since then. I'm what? starting to understand their hatred. You don't have a frappuccino. You don't have that anymore. <laughs> I think I've caught the black look. Okay, I, got the I, black look, pup. I think Zoolander's <laughs> probably a bad movie too. Come back next week when we review Zoolander. <laughs> Zoolander's counterattack. Oh yes. Oh man, I dare someone to draw Zoolander a Gundam. Like, what kind of Gundam would Zoolander pilot? That sounds like so much work for such little payoff. <laughs> <laughs> I need Except- you to do this whole thing, and we'll mention you to our 12 listeners. <laughs> so we can go, oh, ha-ha. <laughs> <laughs> cool. Huh. Huh. Nice. Funny bit. Huh. Funny, funny bit. bit. Yeah, bet. Funny bit. <laughs> Bye. We love you so much. Thank you for listening. Thank you, DJRX78. Thank you, Christian. Thank you, Simon. Thank you, Alex. You're out there. You give us energy every thank day. You. Um, yeah. Thank you. Yeah. Alex to... is still very much part of this, even though his voice isn't here. Um, thank you to my lovely wife, Abigail, who has brought Biatch back into our lives. Whoa! TMTM. Thank oh. you to everyone on the internet who uploads pictures of the clown gundams and zakus and <laughs> puts them in their proper place so that we can find those resources to share with you i also want to say thank you to the sandwich artists i want to say thank you to my mom and my dad to my dog i want to say thank you to <laughs> barack obama tom cruise thanks obama yeah and um thank you to god all glory to god at the end of the day this is a christian podcast (laughs) (laughs) this is where we totally 180 (laughs) from now on it's all about god (laughs) at our half when when we say take a when we say take a break you like you should be eating a eucharist at that time I think we've talked about this before, but um, <laughs> we're the podcast. It's not like, well, like uh, people, there's always this thing where people be like Linkin Park, like they're not a Christian band, but they're Christians. So like you sh- you can listen to their music. Yeah. And like, that's us. Like we're not a Christian podcast. Yeah. Like, we're not a podcast about God. But we're all devout <laughs> believers. Shut the fuck up. Don't you even, someone's going to believe that shit. Everybody, I smoke weed and have fucking 
premarital sex every day of my life. <laughs> I'm badass. I'm cool as shit. Oh, All you guys are Christians. Actually... This is not what he was like when we prayed before we started. <laughs> anyway, thank Simon... you all so much for listening. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. Thank you, thank you, bye. Bye. I'm ending this fucking recording. <laughs>